Thank you. Welcome. We're glad you're here today. It's good to share this time of uh, fellowship and worship together, and we welcome everyone here. Um, uh, it is it is good to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to be here with each of you today. We have. Uh, I'd like to welcome our guests, especially this morning. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you are a part of our fellowship this morning and hope God is going to bless you in a very special way today. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. I'd like to ask if you would to take those and to fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, if you would do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, also, we have several announcements coming up. Uh, next week is our Highway 60 yard sale and barbecue. Uh, in case you don't know about this, this yard sale it's the whole Highway 60. I think it goes on for like 200 miles. And I tell people about that in other places, and they go, really? Really? It's a 200-mile yard sale. And we are a part of it since Highway 60 is a block away. We're going to be a part of that. Uh, we have gathered uh, a lot of your stuff, and we're going to try to sell it. And uh, so if you would like to uh, bring some more of your stuff, we still have a week to uh, clean out your closets and, and your house and bring that in, and we will sell that. We're also um, having a barbecue that day. We will be uh, selling barbecue chicken, and, um, and we are pre-selling those. We're, there are some tickets in the office. If you would like to take some tickets and, to, and try to sell those, we would appreciate that. And at the, uh, at the yard sale itself, we'll be having some pork chops and brats and hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff like that that we'll be selling as well. And so we invite you to come and be a part of that. Uh, all of the money for this goes towards our mission projects uh, that we are involved in throughout the year. Uh, also, this evening at 6 o'clock, we're going to be uh, playing volleyball. We hadn't played volleyball in a while, so... Uh, Come and join us, and we'll have a, a time of fellowship and fun this evening at 6 o'clock. And on October the 11th, a Wednesday, uh, we'll be sponsoring one of our uh, blood drives that we have several of those every year. And if you would like to volunteer or if you would like to uh, uh, make a, a reservation for, um, uh, to donate blood, please see Jacob, and she will sign you up. So we have lots of things going on. And, uh, and, and we're glad to be busy for the, for the kingdom of God. It's good to be here and to share this time with each of you. And so now let, us, let me invite you to stand and let us uh, greet each other in the name of the Lord.
us pray together. O God of all nations, we give you thanks that we are all made in your image with such rich diversity. On this day, on World Communion Sunday, we stand in solidarity with your faithful children all around the world. And as we break bread together, we remember that we are still one in you. Even though we speak different languages, even though our cultures and traditions are different, even though we worship you today in a variety of ways, in solidarity, we drink the cup together. We drink the cup of hope, the cup of new life, knowing that it is your will for your people to be one And as we worship today, we are one with our brothers and sisters around the world. But we are not the same. Indeed, it is through the gift of diversity that we are able to be your body. And so we thank you and we praise you for making us who we are, individually and collectively. We each celebrate our own ancestry and our cultures and ethnicities, and we pray to you now as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Ooh, I woke you up, didn't it? I'm having a party. Join my party. Come on. Come on, we're having a party. Come on, come on, come on, come on, youngins. Come on up here. Come on, join my party. This is a fun party. Boy, we're having fun, aren't we? It's a fun party. I thought I'd bring you one back here. Can I bring you one back here? Very well. I'm having a party. Are we having fun? Everybody having fun? Would you like one? Can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> hey, who likes parties? Oh. Yeah, who doesn't like parties? You. You like parties. <laughs> Have you ever been invited to a party, but you couldn't go? Maybe it was a, a day that you had something else already planned, you couldn't go. Yeah kind of disappointing for the person having a party, isn't it? Also, have you ever had a party and some of the people you thought would be there couldn't make it because they had something else? Have you ever had a party like that? I have. Well, maybe once. There was a king, you know, that he threw a party. He had a wedding party and for his son and he invited all his friends and all the people in the land, and it was a really nice party. I mean, he had the best of everything, the best food, the best party hats, the best little, whatever those things called, whatever they are. But anyway, he had the best. Nobody showed up. How do you think he felt? Sad. He was angry. He, he was disappointed. 
He thought that everybody would show up and they would have a big feast and big party. But see, when I have a party, all my peeps show up. See? So I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Of course, I didn't make them come, you know. I forced them into it. But the thing is, it's kind of like God. God's throwing a party. And he invites all of y'all to be part of his party. But sometimes we don't show up, do we? Hmm. How do you think he feels? Hmm. So the, the moral of the story is that if you're invited to God's party, let's go, right? Who wants to go to God's party someday? There you go. Great. Let us pray. Heavenly Father and Lord, we thank you for these children. These children, they put a smile on our faces. They show us love, and we love them. Just like you love your son, and you love each and every one of us. Oh God, we thank you for sending your son to us. In these things we pray. Amen.
Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this opportunity uh, that we can get together and uh, come into your house and praise you, Lord. I just pray that you give us open eyes and open hearts to uh, your word today. In your name I pray, amen. Scripture reading today is Matthew 22, verses 1 through 10. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent his other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. They made light of it and went away, one to his farm, the other to his business. While the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroy those murderers, and burn their cities. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets, and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out to the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. This is the word of the Lord. Pulling a little bit of an audible today, we're uh, going to have the the uh, song that the choir has prepared after the sermon and before our <coughs> communion service in just a few moments. In his book titled "Ascent of Love," uh, Keith Miller tells a story about a mother back in the 1960s who took her children to an animal farm, a place where they could pet the animals. You've seen the petting the zoos that roam free there. They could pet the animals. And and at this particular animal farm, they could even ride on an elephant. And so she put her kids into her Volkswagen Beetle, and they drove off to the animal farm. And when they got to the farm, she discovered that there were no more parking places left in the parking lot. 
So she parked her beetle on the grass next to the ranger station, and then she and her children got out of the car and went off to have a good time. Well, the time passed all too quickly, and suddenly Mom realized that they would never be able to make it back to the airport in time to pick up Dad if they didn't leave right away. And so she rushed the kids together, gathered them together, and rushed down to the, the ranger station where their little VW bug was parked. But she was shocked when she got there to discover that the front end of her car was crushed. Surely someone at the ranger station had an explanation for this, she thought. So she went up to the ranger station, and before she can even utter a single word, the ranger said, Sorry, ma'am, I know you're upset about your car, and we promised to make it up to you. And then he explained what happened. He said, You see, Millie, our elephant, was trained in the circus to sit on a big red tub. And I guess she just kind of got confused and thought your red Volkswagen was her big red tub, and so she sat on it. (laughs) But don't worry, we'll get your car fixed and we'll take care of it if you just give us some time, dear. But but Mom realized that there was no time to wait for the car to be fixed there, and she had to get off to to meet her husband at the airport. So they they took off, and and fortunately, as you know, the motor of of a Volkswagen bug back in those days, is in the back, so it was still drivable. Uh, So mom packed the kids all up in in the smushed Volkswagen and started it up and put the pedal to the metal and headed off for the airport. However, before she got to the airport, she ran into a traffic jam. It was caused by a fender bender up ahead. The traffic was backed up, and, and now the best that she could do was to sit there and try her best to be patient, and she tried as much as she could to stay as calm as she could. But then she looked at her watch, and, and she knew that it was time to do something drastic. So she drove over onto the emergency lane, and she made her way around the traffic jam. But as soon as she pulled around the traffic jam, she saw two police officers. <laughs> One was directing traffic, and the other one was writing out a, an accident report. And she acted like she never saw them, but I mean, all she cared about now was getting to the airport. She was already late to pick up her husband there. But as she drove by, one of the officers looked up, and, she saw, and he saw this, this little red VW Beetle zipping by. And so he ran to his motorcycle and followed her with his lights flashing and his siren screaming. He pulled her over. And he said, look, ma'am, don't you know that it's against the law to leave the scene of an accident? (laughs) And she replied, well, I haven't been in an accident. And so he looked at the front end of her car and and, uh, raised his eyebrows and asked, then what happened to your car? And she replied, an elephant sat on it. That's when he brought out the little balloon for her to <laughs> to breathe into. You know, I think that if I didn't have a better excuse than that an elephant sat on my car, I think I'd just keep my mouth shut. Don't you think? Excuses. You know, we, we've probably all heard our share of excuses, haven't we? 
And truth be told, we've probably given our fair share of excuses as well. Well, Jesus told a parable about a king who was throwing a marriage feast for his son. And so he sent out all the invitations to all of his friends and the other dignitaries throughout the kingdom, but they did not come. Some of them did not even bother to RSVP. Others made excuses. They said that they were busy with their farm or at the office, or maybe they said an elephant sat on my ox cart. I don't know. <laughs> so the, scene, the king sent out a second invitation. Dinner's ready. My oxen and my fatted calves are killed. Everything's prepared. Come to the marriage feast. And those who were invited made fun of the servants who were bringing the invitation. Some of them even roughed up the king's servants. Well, when the king saw this, the way his intended guests responded to his invitation, he was furious. And so he said to his servants, the wedding is ready. Everything is prepared. The, the party is, is here. But those who were invited are not worthy to come, obviously. So go into the streets. Invite anyone that you find and invite them to come. So they went out into the streets and gathered everyone that they could find, both good and bad, so that the wedding hall would be filled with guests. Some thoughts filled my head as I read this parable of our Lord. And the first thought was that a worship service ought to be something like a wedding feast. I mean, think about it. Here we are. We are gathered in the presence of the King of Kings. The chairs are out. The table is set the musicians are, have performed beautifully, we, and we're not in our formal attire, but we're, this is about as formal as many of us will get. We have already greeted many of our friends. There's a, a feeling of warmth and fellowship in this place. We, we have opened the scriptures, and soon we will break the bread of life. The celebration has begun, hasn't it? The party is here. And what a celebration it is. But what are we celebrating? We are celebrating the king's great love for his son and for each of us. My friends, we are not here because we deserve to be here. Sorry. I, what's a party without a balloon? I just burst it, didn't I? <laughs> We are not here because we deserve to be here. There's nothing that we have done nor can do to merit our inclusion in the invitation to the wedding banquet. We're not here because we deserve to be here. We are here purely and simply because of God's gracious invitation. And I know that, that some of us may think that we're here because we deserve to be here. I mean, after all, we're not among those people who are working on their yards this morning. <laughs> or even worse, playing golf. <laughs> We're not one of those who are sleeping off a hangover from last night or doing our religious duty by staying in bed and watching a glitzy televangelist on TV. 
At least we deserve the credit that we, we got up this morning and we took a shower. Well, most of us anyway. And, uh, we got here, didn't we? And those of you who have small children, you've already put in a full day's work. Haven't you? Amen. I know. Been there. And, and you could have made a lot of excuses. However, you have missed the point of the whole gospel if you think you're here because you deserve it. It's a story about a man who fell into a well. And after falling down into this deep well, down the slimy shaft into the cold water, his first, first thought was to cry for help, but no one came. No one heard him. And so finally he tried to climb out of the well, and again, again and again he tried to inch up the slippery bricks on the side of the well, only to slide back into the water. His nails were bloodied from the his attempts to get a grip on the cracks. He simply couldn't make it to the top of the well before sliding back into the bottom. He was stuck in that hole. And so in despair, he called out again. Well, a passerby appeared above and he said, I can't get you out of the well, but I can make it better for you. Here, have something to drink. And so he passed down a bottle of liquor to the man at the bottom of the well who drank it all and became quite drunk. And for a while, the well didn't seem so bad. (laughs) Until he sobered up. And he realized that he was still trapped in that well and was still miserable. And so he called out again. And this time a, a woman came by and she said, I can't get you out of the well, but, you know, things could be a lot worse. You just need to accept your situation. Make the best of it. And so the man in the well, he he tried not to feel so sorry for himself. And he tried to be grateful just to be alive. But it didn't work. He was still miserable. And he was still in that well. And he was desperate to get out. And then another man appeared at the top of the well. He said, I can get you out of that well. But you have to trust me. Do you trust her? Do you trust me? Well, the man in the well couldn't see how this man could get him out of the well, but he said, yes, I'll trust you. And so Jesus Christ dropped down into the bottom of that well. And upon his shoulders, the man climbed out while Christ remained in the man's place. Well, folks, that's not just the story of one man. That's the story of all of us. You see, we are all sinners. Every single one of us. And I'm not saying that to demean any of us. It is simply to say that we're all in the same boat. And without faith in Jesus Christ, we are estranged from God and we are estranged from one another. As one theologian has described it, it's like... Several ship passengers who happened to get washed overboard in the middle of the ocean. And the reasons for slipping off of the deck into the water varied from passenger to passenger, from individual to individual. However, as each person discovered his or her own plight and found that his or her companions were in the same cold water that they were in, They realized that it was meaningless to debate 
who deserved to be there and who didn't. You see, all of us are in the water. And it doesn't make any difference whether one is traveling first class or economy, or whether one is religious or non-religious, or whether one is, is a good swimmer or not. We are all in the need of being rescued. That is our condition. There is no way that you or I can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and be what God wants us to be. We stand in the presence of God upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ or not at all. That old songwriter was correct when he wrote, Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. So we are here, not because of what we have done, but because of what Christ has done for us. And that's something worth celebrating. And here's the thing. If we can understand that, if we can understand that we are here simply and solely because of God's amazing grace, if we can wrap our head around that, then we can center our worship where it really needs to be centered. Not on us. Not on the preacher. Not on the choir. Not on the musicians. Not on their friends and fellow and people sitting in pews there. But on God. That's where worship needs to be centered. On God. Johann Sebastian Bach understood that. On almost all of his manuscripts, Bach placed two sets of initials. At the beginning of each manuscript, he wrote the letters J.J., which stood for Yesu Yuvet. Jesus, help me. There's a prayer for Jesus to help him write this manuscript. And then at the end of the manuscript, he wrote S.D.G., which stood for Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Sounds like a pretty good theme for worship, doesn't it? Jesus, help me. To God alone be the glory. And people who understand that, people who understand that we are not here because we deserve to be here, and we're not here because we have to be here, we understand that we don't have to make excuses on Sunday morning. You see, we're not here to, to try to work our way to heaven. That doesn't work. And we're not here to because we want to impress anybody else. We're here purely and simply to say, thank you. Thank you. We're here to sing the great hymns of faith not for our personal entertainment, but as a testimony of praise to God. Come, Christians, join to sing, Alleluia, Amen. Loud praises to Christ our King. Alleluia, Amen. We're here at a banquet given by a gracious and loving King, and we rise joyfully to say, Thank you, God. That's what worship is all about. But there's one more thing. Because you see, we also have an assignment when we leave this banquet hall. We're not here 
forever. We're going to leave here in a few minutes. And we have assignment when we leave this banquet hall. And that is to go out into the highways and byways and to find others who also don't deserve to be here, but who need the king's blessings just as much as we do. And invite them in. A very prominent and effective pastor retired a few years ago. And he told about how he came into the ministry, how he came to become a minister. And he said that when he was a little boy living in a small town, his mother sent him off to Sunday school one Sunday morning. And, but on the way to Sunday school, he dropped by the drugstore to get a soft drink. And while he was there, he decided, yeah, I think I'll just skip Sunday school today. And so he stayed there in the drugstore drinking his soft drink. And, and the boys gathered for Sunday school class, and, and, and the teacher looked around, and he said, where's Roy? And one of the boys said, I think I saw him down at the drugstore. So the teacher said, you sit right here. I'm going after Roy. So he went down, he found Roy at the drugstore, and brought him back to that Sunday school class. And later, as a grown man, Roy Williams would say, I owe my call to the ministry on that, to that Sunday school teacher who cared enough about me, who loved me enough to leave his Sunday school class and to go in search of me to bring me back. And he said, had it not been for that teacher, I would never have gone into the ministry. I hope our Sunday school teachers believe that Sunday school is that important. And even more importantly, I, I hope that they believe that each little boy and each little girl is that important. And so after the banquet today, we have an assignment. <coughs> Find the boys and girls. Find the teenagers and the young families. Find the middle-aged adults and the older adults and bring them all to the banquet. Saints and sinners, singles and couples, stockbrokers and slackers, homeless people and well-to-do, bicycles and BMWs, from every station and condition of life. And it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't even matter whether we approve of them or not. All that matters is that Jesus Christ died for them just as surely as Jesus Christ died for us. So, let us continue our celebration in honor of the King who has brought us in from the byways and the highways. And let us continue this celebration by partaking of the banquet that He has set before us. And do I really have to say it? I hope that each and every one of you knows that all are welcome. Every one of us. Not because you're such a good person. But because God is such a loving God. Amen.
we gather at the banquet table of the King. The Lord has gathered us all from the highways and the byways. We join with brothers and sisters all over the world today to celebrate World Communion Sunday. And all of us, millions of people around the world, all of us are here only because God has invited us to be here. We have accepted the invitation and we are gathered to remember what God has done for us and to say thank you. Everyone is welcome at God's table. We invite you to come for communion. We'll have two stations here at the front for you to receive communion. We'll begin at the back and come forward down the center aisle and go to one of the stations on either side. Pick up a piece of bread and then move to the side and then dip it into the cup, thereby taking the the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of Jesus. Then move back to your seats along the side. All are welcome at God's table. I've studied the scriptures a long time, and I've never, ever, ever seen Jesus turn anyone away. The invitation is yours. Come. Let us remember what God has done. Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread and he broke it after giving thanks and he said this is my body which is given for you and in the same way after supper he took the cup and he said this is the blood of the new covenant he said take this bread and drink this cup as, for as often as you do this you proclaim the Lord's death until he, until he comes again That's why we are here. That's why we are here every Sunday. That's why we are here at the banquet table of the Lord today. It is to proclaim the the death of the Lord, to remember what God has done for us, and to say thank you. Thank you, God. And it's only because of what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus, through His death on the cross, through His resurrection. let us reverently take the body of Christ and remember what he did. Let us reverently take the cup of Christ and remember that blood that was shed for us. Would you come and receive the communion of the Lord?
what we have just done has united us with people all over the world. People who have realized that we're all in the same boat, aren't we? But God has launched the the rescue ships to pluck us out of the water that we have fallen into, to pull us out of the well. And so today we have said, thank you, God. We don't take that for granted. It's something that has affected all of our lives. It has made us who we are. Forgiven sinners. Every one of us. And now we are given the task to go out there and to find others who do not deserve to be here any more than we do but who need these blessings that we enjoy. So let's take that responsibility very seriously. Thank you for being who you are, God's children. This has tied us with Christians all over the world, but it has also tied us together as a family of God here at Community Baptist Church. And so I can think of no better way to conclude the party than with a song, a party song. (laughs) Blessed be the tie that binds us together. Let us sing together.
meal shared in the spirit with your son Jesus and with sisters and brothers all around the world will strengthen us to be your ambassadors of peace. May we call for restraint. May we plead for diplomacy. May we urge for the use of love across this world. Let us all call for a halt to the endless downward spiral of violence in all places of the earth. Strengthen us, O God, to fulfill the task that you have set before us, proceeding from your house into the highways and the byways to proclaim the good news that all are invited to your table. If you can stay and help pick up chairs, we do need to get the chairs picked up.